Welcome into the Ed's Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuig from Edge Construction. You can call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncover.com to browse their work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram uh, to see more of their work as well. And uh, today we got a lot to get into as far as uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, why things uh, would uh, and what to do when contractors go over budget and maybe how that could happen. Uh, you've talked before, it's, it's less of an issue uh, with that construction because you're pretty laid out as far as what everything's going to cost and the plan. And you try to keep surprises to a minimum. But I thought for a minute here, we could talk uh, this past week and I was back home with a buddy of mine and he's the electrician and he's telling me stories, whether it's helping out his friends or uh, doing some work on his job. But there are uh, just a boatload of different amount of surprises that um, that he encountered that I'm, you know, and I think it's always fun to kind of come across some of those surprises that you guys have been able to catch, whether it's electrical uh, or, uh, you know, something else in the walls. Cause he said that one of the more common ones he saw overlapping with electrical that was a giant fire hazard. that people in older houses would be insulating their walls with magazines and papers. He said that was a very common one he found. And then you had knob and tube wiring running through uh, those, those papers. And that was one that always terrified him as an electrician when he saw people's houses and he, they told them they're lucky they didn't burn their house down, but I'm sure you got some good stories as far as some things found on the walls as well. Well, yeah, I just want to explain that a little bit because um, that's a good point. Like you don't really know what kind of insulation is in there in your wall or up in your, in your ceiling, up in the roof. Um, and now you've got this, this wire runs here. So not tube wiring is, is like you separate hot and, and ground and which actually was a fairly safe system, right? You, you get them away from each other. And they have insulation on them and they run kind of there's this loop that just goes up around your house and then wires sort of tail off of that to have an outlet or having a light in, in rooms. And that, I think the easiest way to think about it is like the upstairs, like it. So just picture an unbroken loop going up there, hitting the bedrooms, coming back down. And that one wire is powering everything in upstairs. And that, that generally was how it was done because back 80 or 100 years ago, they didn't have outlets every six feet and they didn't have three lights in a room and computers running and gaming systems and air conditioners and all this stuff. <laughs> stuff running. So now uh, we've got all that stuff. So now on this one wire, it's having to, which has probably been added on to a bunch of times, right? There's outlets tailing off everywhere, more lights. Um, all this power is running through that one wire. So what happens when power, a lot of power runs through one wire? It gets hot. Yeah. Um, now you go, uh, the insulation around that wire is 100 years old. It starts to flake off. So if, you, if you've ever seen knob and tube wiring or demoed knob and tube wiring, there's a lot of it where you can see the bare wire. Like you're up in the attic and you go, there's no insulation and all just fell off of there. And mice nodded off or something happened. And uh, I know you you'd mentioned that, uh, before we started that your yeah. friend had found old newspaper on top of the wire, underneath the wire. And this wire super hot, running all this power through it, and and so it's a big problem. So yeah, do not remodel your kitchen unless you fix that wire first. I guess um, I don't want to get blamed for burning your house down. <laughs> well, another thing I learned is that uh, I'll give this little tip that if your uh, breaker on your outlet stops uh, tripping, it doesn't mean the problem's been solved. It means your your uh, breaker <laughs> is uh, it's broken. He said most times they'll break in the off, but every once in a while they can break in the on, which then all of a sudden you're just overwhelming. Uh, the electricity to that wire. And again, probably in more modern houses, there's fail safes built in, but if you had an older house, like trying to power oh. through that could cause a problem. 
Yes and no, there's fail-safes built in. Uh, so you've got this, uh, what you're talking about is they, they somehow figured out how to get a GFI outlet in a, in a bathroom, right? Yeah. Off the snob and tube system that we yep. just made fun of. Uh, <laughs> and so what that is doing is it's called ground fault interrupter. So if the ground is intact, that thing's going to assume everything's just fine, right? Whether too much power is running through it or not. So I, I know you mentioned your friend's wife said, well, it used to trip all the time, and now it's not. It's So it's fixed. It must have fixed itself. It's okay. <laughs> it did not fix itself. What happened is what, what you said. The outlet finally failed, but it failed in the on. The protection in the outlet failed, but it failed in the on position. So uh, that was a clue to an electrician that went and poked around and, and uh, figure out <laughs> that there were some bigger problems there. Um, but if, if you... Uh, by the way, have uh, have this problem. There are a couple of things that I think can help you. So if you had if you had the right size breaker on in the box, um, what's happened a lot of times over the years is um, what where we where, where certain outlets should have like a 15 amp breaker or at the most a 20 amp breaker. Those started to trip too much. So some industrious uh, young man or middle-aged man or somebody's dad, <laughs> well, we'll just switch that out to like a, a 30 amp breaker so it quits tripping on you. All right, now it's allowing all this power through there, which is kind of sounds like what might happen. So, I mean, most houses get inspected now uh, by an independent contractor that comes in and says, okay, you know, this, you got to switch this, you got to handle this. Usually they're catching a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I, I'll, my own, my own self, um, we uh, at construction bought another facility, kind of a storage facility uh, this winter. And I paid actually to have an independent uh, inspector come through and check it out because, I, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything. I mean, I know a lot, but, but I don't know it all. And I wanted an independent set of eyes to just look it over and make sure I wasn't missing anything simple. Um, so generally those people do a pretty good job. Uh, we've had good experiences with them and can really save a homeowner. Uh, now with houses so hot, I do hear stories of people buying as is and sight unseen and no, and, uh, um, sellers aren't accepting the contingency of having a, uh, inspection. And so, uh, buyer beware, I guess, you know, you can get yourself into trouble with that. Well, I think a couple minutes left in this segment here. So what was, uh, what's kind of the biggest or most surprising thing during your time that you've kind of, it doesn't have to be a surprise that you just uncovered though during the process. Yeah. The, the so I'm thinking about, uh, and it loves around electrical. When we, when we hired Dale, we, when we hired our uh, master electrician, I realized that most of the aha moments in remodeling are electrical <laughs> because <laughs> in the life of a house, everybody's an electrician. It's like, uh, you know, they're changing things. They're adding outlets. There's somebody's dad, brother-in-law, uh, husband, uh, in a lot of cases, I'm guessing, is saying, I can do that. I'll, I'll take care of this. And then at some point, somebody like Dale has to come in and get that house back to zero, right? Um, we found in the, in the early 70s, there was a couple of years where they did these uh, kind of a wire mesh thing that they plastered in the ceilings. And then they ran 220 volts to it and put it on a thermostat and this thing would just heat up and it was like bare copper wires just just uh plastered over and uh we, we find one of those every year or two 
it, it's unbelievable. So uh, a couple of years ago, we did a house on the lake. We remodeled uh, 100% top to bottom. We remodeled it. And Dale called me and he said, um, I think you should come out. And when I came out, there was about a basketball size um, thing of wire just kind of bound up. There's just extra wires. We didn't know what to do with it. So we're just going to make a, we're going to make a ball of it and stick it in the ceiling. And so uh, there were two twenties from this heating system, just cut off live laying up in the, in the attic. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, it's probably not the best plan. I mean, there, there's other ways to do that. The attic must be the place because my friend talked about the <laughs> wires where he found the ones that were laying on newspapers was up in the attic. He followed it all the way up through the attic and saw all the newspapers laying on top of hot wires. So uh, check your check your attics if you got <laughs> to see what's going on. Up there. Or trust your inspector. If your inspector says, uh, hey, this is a bad deal, get an electrician out there and fix it. Uh, we'll take a break here. This is the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Ads Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram to see more of their work as well. We are talking about things to avoid as far as uh, keeping yourself in budget. And a lot of these things we're going to talk about today, Mike, are more of, uh, I'm guessing, things you've learned over time uh, that have helped you stay in budget when you're proposing something to someone that that budget that they're signing for uh, almost the vast majority of the time, Mike, you can give a percentage. That's what you're going to hit. And um, I think it's more talking about the process here. And, you know, and we kind of hit on some of these, you can talk about how you do things. And one of them is hiring the right contractor for the job. And there is a process to um, finding the right contractor. And you've said this before, and it says in the article too, that uh, there's no, disrespect to other ones, but like you do kind of get what you pay for at times. Those probably times you can pay too much as well, but um, trying to find that bargain basement uh, job could put yourself at risk for higher costs as the thing goes along. Yeah. And unfortunately there's, I have some, I know some people, I have some friends that are very good contractors that uh, stand on budget is not a priority for them. I mean, like as long as they're close, I think they, they feel like they're doing pretty good. And so uh, one question I would have is just what is your philosophy? So like, like uh, on our thing, we, we're married to that budget. Like if, if, uh, if we find something behind the wall that costs somebody money, it costs us money. Like we don't, we don't generally go back on homeowners for anything that we've, we found or should have found. Um, I think that's a, the TV version has kind of made shopping for models a little tougher because you start thinking this is normal. Like every contractor is going to find something behind the wall. that's going to cost me 10 or 20% more than my original contract. And well, that's okay. Um, when, when we talk internally, I say, listen, um, they're not hiring us because they think we're pretty good at figuring this out. Like they're, you're, you're supposed to be the expert. You're supposed to be the one that's going to figure it out. I, when we first started down this road, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, um, I'm, I'm killing myself here because if I, if I shine the light a little more, if I did a little more due diligence before I got into that job, I could probably figure out a lot of this stuff, you know. Um, uh, we, we joked and talked a lot about electricity and, and Dale. It's been so helpful because Dale, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I'm, we're, I'm an electrical contractor. But Dale is the master electrician. He really knows it. And there's things that he catches as long as he gets a look at it before we finish that budget process that 
we always know what we're walking into. It's very nice. Like I never would have guessed it was that easy for somebody with that level of expertise to, to figure it out. Um, I would say on the construction side, I'm kind of that way with uh, structural structure. Um, I rarely run into things that I can't figure out on the structure side. When I need help figuring beam loads, we have an architect on staff that's very easy for him to do that stuff. So you start adding all those things together, it's a little easier to stand budget. Um, I, I, have you ever heard of Cost Plus? I'm going to ask. I know you haven't, but I have mentioned it before. I have mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Not very often, so I think it's good to repeat. So when I've gone and taken classes or, or gone to remodeling shows out east, um, I always run into contractors. I made a lot of friends out there with contractors that um, they think we're nuts because we offer a guaranteed uh, a budget price. Uh, we have an end price to this thing. Most of them, especially the good ones, uh, and I'm, I'm a little jealous. I don't know how they get away with this. They they give a kind of a general price. Okay, Jim, your remodel is going to cost 100000 bucks, And then they do cost plus, which means uh, it's a set rate for labor, set rate for margin, things like this. Every week you get a bill and you write a check and it, the model sort of goes whatever path it goes. Man, I'm so not wired that way. I would, if I was a homeowner, that would drive me nuts. Like, yeah. because I, I'm thinking to myself, I could get halfway through this. And what if I run out of money? Like, what if I don't have money to finish this? Um, so it's just different places, different times. They're the, the, it's working for them. I've had people move out here from out east, and that's their that's their benchmark. And like you know what, I'm I'm not your guy because um, I like it all spelled out. I I don't want to make decisions as we go. I don't want to I don't want to wing it this whole time. Like I, I'm just not made that way. <laughs> so um, I'm not saying I, I'm you know we're we're doing it exactly the right way. Maybe there's some there's always a way to improve, but. Um, the cost plus would make me nervous, I guess. Like, I, I think it would make me nervous too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I you know, look the Midwest. I think is probably a little bit more ones that want to have a set cost there. So East Coast might get used to it. Yeah, once the standard of everyone else is doing it, it could be there for you. But you did talk about you know the idea of setting aside money that you see all the time on TV for the surprises. Uh, and it, right, right here it says add wiggle room in your budget, ten to fifteen percent. But uh, you said that realistically, if people have that money set aside, most of the time, at some point during the remodel, they're looking for ways that, well, I guess I didn't need this extra money. Can I upgrade X, Y, or Z? Yeah, even if we tell them, listen, you you don't need that big reserve. Um, there's still a little bit, because all over the internet, everybody's saying have 10 to 20% in reserve, which uh, to me sounds just insane. But um, we do notice that when we get about halfway into the remodel, and the sky didn't fall, that homeowners will be going occasionally, hey, um, remember that thing we optioned? Remember that wet bar we optioned? Remember? Um, can we, do we still have time to add that? And, you know, of, of course, we're used to working with that. But um, I, conversely, okay, um, I looked at a, a remodel last summer, and it was by a pretty reputable contractor. The contract was for $140,000. And at the end of the contract, uh, it was an older couple, uh, got hit with an extra $40,000 bill. Whoa. And yeah. And I was like, uh, did you pay it? And they said, yeah, we, we, you know, we paid it. They gave us a bill. So we paid it. And I'm like, oh man, you know, um, I, I'm not saying some of that or 
maybe all of it was legitimate. I think it was kind of unethical, right, to go surprise. Here's a forty. I mean, forty thousand dollars is a lot of money. Um, and they did they did good work. I you know I did I, I I didn't pick it over, but I looked it over and and it was decent work. But um, still, I think what I'm getting at is one of the things that you should do when you're researching what contractor to use is uh, spend some time on this budgeting thing. Uh, ask them, try and figure out what their philosophy is. Like, what do what do they live by? A lot of contractors will say, "We bring things. Our goal is to bring it in on budget." Well, yeah, everybody's goal is to bring. That doesn't mean you bring them in on budget. You know, our goal is to kind of just keep on pushing this out till we make some extra money, until <laughs> we hit the number we wanted to hit. Exactly. Um, but and sometimes it is painful. By the way, um, I'm trying to think, we had one recently where oh, I don't know what it was. Um, we, we, uh, this is a owner, really nice lady, bought a house, and uh, there were some flip it type remodels done in the house, and one of them was the bathroom. So we, we, re, we were redoing the bathroom. Well, um, one of my guys called me, Tony called me and said, Hey, you know, uh, uh, do you mind if I add some, some plywood to this floor to stiffen it up and we can level it more and make it right? And I said, yeah, that's, that's fine. It seemed like a good idea. About 10 minutes later, he called me back panicking. He's like, I got water everywhere. Whoever did this before, uh, it obviously wasn't inspected. They ran their water pipes right underneath the, the, the floor. I mean, like, it was not a quarter inch between <laughs> the flooring and, and the water pipes. And so when he screwed it down, it, it hit the pipes. So um, we fixed those pipes. We... Um, we had a we had a sister. We had to put in structure, some some basically some beams alongside each of the floor joists to stiffen them to make it right. Um, we also had to fix the ceiling underneath it that got all wet and fell down. <laughs> so I mean, it was a several thousand dollar fix. That was it. Really, our fault? Not really. I mean, you know, there shouldn't be pipes there. Like if anything was inspected, there would never have been pipes there. But uh, homeowner didn't see that bill and. Uh, uh, we do, did the best to make them happy, even though there was some inconvenience there. This is the Edson Structural Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edson Structural Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with you with Mike Tuig. Call Mike at 636 Edge. You go to edge to browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram and see more of their work as well. And uh, we're kind of talking about ways that really how Edge Construction helps keep your uh, – project in budget and one of them is to uh one you guys do is you're going to plan out a project very specifically and you kind of call it the scope of work and you kind of talk about that process of maybe just the process of when you come out and you know see someone's house and give kind of a rough estimate and then how do you get down to that final number that everyone's going to agree on to sign a contract yeah, so ultimately like you mentioned we want to sign a contract where everything's picked out everything's priced there's really nothing left to chance right um because that, that way we know what we're doing and there's there's no confusion on our side. Uh, a homeowner has a number and has specifically everything picked out uh, so that that all fits their design, but it also fits the budget. And if things pull off like we, we hope they do, that's what happens. Like there's no changes. We, we've done all that design work ahead of time, done all the due diligence, um, and it comes in on budget. When I, when I started doing remodels as a contractor, I, like everybody else, <clears throat> sort of did the opposite of that. 
um, if you wanted a kitchen done, I'd go, well, you know, um, send, send a homeowner to a couple of shops looking at, looking at cabinets and countertops just so they could start that thing and get an idea. I put an allowance in for cabinets, you know, I don't know what it was, 10 or 15 grand probably at that time, allowance in for countertops. Um, I could do the construction part of the budget. I could figure that out because that, that probably didn't change. I could bid out mechanicals because that didn't change, but the finishes, we sort of left that till later. Like, uh, and then, and then I'd go in and tear some stuff out so I could cash their check, basically. And now I was young. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I and I didn't know everybody else did it that way. And there's still probably half the people that do it this way. And I get what they're doing. They're trying to get money flowing. Um, and and um, which is when you're a small business, it's it's important, right? But it's not good for the remodel. Um, that design should all happen at once together, right? You, you want to pick out your flooring when you're picking out your cabinets and your countertops because uh, it all needs to work together. It needs to go together. Appliances should pick, get picked out at the same time. Um, if there's a backsplash, yes. Um, the only thing we really let give a little leeway on is paint color. But within a week or so of, of uh, starting demo on your project, we're probably painting, so we need – Need to know it. You need to know we're gonna push you a little bit to get that done. Um, the the color of your outlets all the way down to you know every possible thing. If there's if there's a window that needs to get ordered, it's 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 well ahead of time because we want to get that thing coming before we get started. Um, so there's a, I didn't invent this system. Uh, there's a there's a couple of good builders in our community that we do work for um, on the other part of our business that are great that new construction side has learned to side everything up front so that once construction starts now you can focus on other stuff right now we're now we're enjoying the process a little more um, we work for builders that stretch out this selection process and i swear like halfway through building this house it's like one more decision for this homeowner it's going to be a nervous breakdown you know because <laughs> because now you have all the noise and mess of construction Plus, you're still picking out stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Um, it's also terrible for the budget. Well, and the other thing that's uh, not good for the budget is trying to make changes as you're going. I know I joked earlier that sometimes people might want to add something in because they realize that you're not going to be coming up with a surprise. But that does that can change the budget. It can. Um, it can change it either way with us. Um, we had I, we have a job I love bringing up. It was. Uh, I think we did a bath, a kitchen, and some work in their lower level a couple of years ago. And it was, uh, I think it was a $125,000 project. Uh, midway through, the homeowner said, you know what? We want to change our, our kitchen faucet. The one they picked out was $25 less. And we got to present a final bill that was $25 less than the original contract. I thought, you know, like, there can't be many contractors doing this. Like, uh, so I, that's why I'm saying like your philosophy has to be, I'm going to stand budget. And this is just what it is. And, and that people that work for me know this. And I know it's tough because there's a lot of times they're going, well, yeah, but we want to, we want to change how we're doing it. We want to, I'm like, well, that that's spending somebody's money, you know, like homeowners money or our money. So like you, like I said, let's figure out right the first time. And then, uh, and stay on budget. 
Well, and, and with that part of it, you kind of talk about, I think this can be an opportunity to talk about the idea of the scope of work, because it says, make sure you know everything that you're paying for. So I think you've kind of alluded to that, look, you know what the labor is going to be, but you also know the cost of everything. And you've talked about when you're having a plan, it's, hey, this colder fixture is going to go in here and this frigid air fridge is going to go over there. And this is what the cost is. And then that helps you stay on budget. It does. And um, um, you can't believe how complicated this can get. Um, so if we're, we're in the finishing stages of a, an addition and we did, we did some other work in a, in, in a house in Middleton and the, it was very complicated, spent probably six months or more in design. And over that design time, I don't know how many things we optioned. We, the, the book on that job is probably three inches thick with all the notes and things we looked at and how we ended up where we ended up with the design and products that got picked out. So sometimes there's, there's homeowners. I, I could see how this could happen where there's some confusion at some point. Uh, if it's not really spelled out, like you start thinking, did I, did I, one of those options, is that what I really picked out? And your mind can play tricks on you and think, well, I didn't, I thought I was getting this, but maybe my contract says that. Um, so we now uh, include to, to help with this uh, in our job book that's on the job and in our contract and everywhere we can color pictures of plumbing fixtures and all the things that we are, are going in that job, the, the cabinets, the countertops, uh, the flooring backsplash stuff, the plumbing fixtures, like I said, because you do option a lot of stuff and you're, you're, you, your mind can play tricks on you. So uh, when you come into your contractor and say, I want to change something that that is those are really bad words for your budget um, because the contractor's thinking this thing is moving ahead and we're on schedule and and we're everything's going like it should and then somebody's kind of throwing a wrench into things right now we've got to order different product and it might stop the project for a while and um, those kinds of things are are really tough for your contractors by the way because they have a, a, a workflow going and we do the, we do too. And so there's kind of an economy of scale. If we're doing drywall in the kitchen and then we, we are doing a bath. A lot of times we give a discount for that bath because we know we're, we're going to do it all at once and we're, we're going to get it and same way for tile and wood floor and, and all this stuff. Um, so when you got to stop and rearrange, that is tough. It's tough on your contractor. It's probably going to increase the time that your model is going to take. So now your schedule is, is off. Um, I, I don't know when you want to talk about how hard it is to get product right now, because that's something that maybe we should head on in the next segment. Um, because um, that those changes, I, I guess, are just getting harder than they ever have before. Yeah, you know, that's actually perfect. Cue. I, I was writing down some things to hit on next segment. We'll hit on that along with a few others. This is the Ed's Instruction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Ed's Instruction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app. And Wisconsin On Demand, Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncoming.com to browse their work and read reviews along with House and Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, this segment, we're going to talk about a couple of different things, but I wanted to start with that. Let's see if you get in a situation where uh, things are going over budget or things went over budget. You talked about it before, that that check that the, a couple that you worked with got from another home remodeler for $40,000 that uh, was kind of a surprise. They still paid it. Um, you said something in the break, like people, well, if it's a Midwest thing or just in general, homeowners are nice. They, they are going to defer to the expert and they're going to assume that 
nobody's trying to, uh, I don't even want to say take advantage, but nobody's trying to get away with what they can get away with. So how do you have this conversation if you do question why things are getting so expensive? Well, and so let's just deal with one situation where, like, like I mentioned before, these, these people got the bill at the end, right? Um, so right away, that's, that's a problem because uh, if it's a surprise, uh, it's just a problem. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, even if it was um, a smaller amount, if a homeowner didn't, didn't know that was coming when it was time to close out the job, that would be really uncomfortable to me just to go, hey, you know, it's, it's, I'm sorry for whatever reason it was $500 more. I think that should have been handled before it got to the point of payment, right? Because it's a discussion. Okay, why did this happen? What, what led to this? Um, is this normally how you do it? Um, well, I don't understand. Um, if, I think there's a couple of reasons this could happen. One is, uh, or maybe three. One is just a contractor's MO, right? Like this is how they normally do it. They don't see anything wrong with it. They're used to it. They could be a good contractor. It's just they're doing something that I disagree with, but it doesn't mean they're a horrible contractor. They're delivering the project like they said, the work like they said. It's just like now it's going to cost more money. Um, maybe they're new in the business. Maybe they, they undershot, and now it's like ah, I got to get more for this, or I'm in big trouble. Um, can't pay my can't pay my uh, suppliers. Um, and the third is that they might just be unethical. And I hate to say it, but that, that that's out there. Everybody knows it. Um, I think you should be able to find this online. You should be able to find evidence of these things online. People talk now, people, people, people put this out there. Uh, if there's, if there's evidence of it, I think you're going to find it. Uh, it's, it's worth to asking about, Hey, what am I, what am I doing? What happens if if at the end you hand me a bill that I disagree with, what's our process? Um, I might say, uh, well, if I was advising the homeowner, um, if you can't if you can't be satisfied with your answer, go to the Builders Association. Um, I signed a contract with both Madison Area Builders and NARI, the National Association for Modelers, saying that uh, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid litigation with a homeowner, meaning. They have ways to, to mitigate this, to, to deal with this, um, and that are meant to bring the stress level down and come to a real solution. Um, you're, if you are cheating a, a builder, they're going to try and find a way to fix it. If, if it's the reverse, they certainly are going to try and find a way to fix it. So nobody in construction wants this kind of news out there. We don't want we don't want evidence of this. We don't want bad things happening out there. We want only good news out there, right, uh, to, to make it happen. So um, I, I think uh, that does bring up a point, meaning that before you sign a contract with the homeowner, make sure they're, make sure they're involved with somebody like the Madison Area Builders or NARI because it gives you just that extra added layer of, of protection, I think. Another thing to kind of keep an eye out for as far as giving yourself some protection is that if you are looking at contracts and one is lower than the other, but one has a flex budget built in and one has a set solid budget, I mean, most most likely the one with the flex budget is probably going to end up climbing to the same cost or not more than the one with the solid budget into it. Yeah, because um, I think like once things are rolling, you you get caught up in this thing where you you start picking out things and you might, you might, you're, you're spending money. So it's, 
when, when you're in the design process, like our, our people are working with, with homeowners all the time at, at this, we're trying to get all that done ahead of time, right? And, and now everybody's trying to stay on budget because it hasn't started yet. They're, our people's job is to give you that great design and stay with it you know, within the budget. Um, it's tough to do. We need, we need help from you to do that. And once it starts, now that design team is kind of, they're on the bench a little bit, right? You're in construction. Now you're, now your things are happening. You get caught up and you're, if this design process is still going and you're out there looking online, well, this is really cool. I know it's more money, but it's, <laughs> it starts, starts adding up. So yeah, it's a problem. Another thing uh, that, one, I think that um, you wanted to talk about, let's make sure we get this one first, is the difficulty right now, and it's been there before, but I know you guys always, when you talk about the design process, you want to make sure you have as much in, in-house as possible, but right now that's even harder than normal. It is. Um, we started uh, bringing, we always, we always have done the carpentry stuff, um, but uh, maybe six, seven years ago, we brought drywall in-house. And that was a really big one for us because drywall and paint, um, boy, when it, when you have a real pro doing it, it's just such a different job. It's such a different result at the end. And most of the drywallers out there, not, I'm not just counting them. There's some very good ones. Most of them are involved in new construction or multifamily. And the level there isn't quite what we need. As a remodeler, when you're coming in, you're having to blend texture and you're you're matching old with new and you want that seamless look. That's very tough to do. It takes a lot of, a lot of practice, a lot of learning. Uh, so that was the first trade we brought in. Um, then it was uh, Dale Electrician. So we be- became electrical contractor. Um, that was huge. And that, <clears throat> then it was flooring and tile installing. So um, normally we have two tile installers in-house going all the time. And all of these trades bringing them in was just brought so much stability <clears throat> to our business because now we, instead of having to put something out to bid and we're not sure where it's going to get priced, um, we can set a schedule, but now we're relying on somebody else to, to meet that schedule and fit into our schedule. It doesn't always happen. Um, right now, if you're relying on subs in our business, it's pretty tough. I mean, to, to get this all to work out and have a, a reasonable schedule. When when I'm scheduling our own people, I, I can look at all the jobs together and make sure they mesh schedule wise, and so that everybody has the, the time they need to do their work. And uh, we also, along with that, came predictable pricing. So I'm not saying it's cheap. I'm not sure we save a lot of money on our installs by bringing it in house, but we put a lot more things into our own people. We we teach them. We um, invest in them make sure they have the best tools. We give them the right amount of time to do stuff. So all that stuff becomes more predictable. And I think if you look at the pictures online, you don't get those pictures with, or I should say it's tougher to get those pictures when you're relying on somebody else to build. Um, When I talk to our people here, I say, okay, listen, uh, builders used to be great carpenters that would build a few houses a year. Like they, they figured out people wanted them to do the work. Now builders are, are people selling projects and then they need to come find somebody like us to do the work, which is great for us. We have a lot of labor. We have qualified labor and, and uh, kind of behind the scenes, we do a lot of that work for other contractors. But 
Um, the, the, the benefit to our remodeling side is great because of all these things I'm talking about. Well, Mike, uh, that kind of wraps up the show there. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to hit on in about a minute here. Otherwise, uh, as far as making sure you, you're hiring the, <laughs> the right contractor uh, to make sure that uh, you're, you're kind of staying uh, within a budget here. But, yeah, like I said, I, I, I think um, you should get a list together of things that you're going to ask your contractor. Everybody knows, okay, I'm going to ask for references. Well, that, that can be good. It doesn't always tell the whole story. I think I want that to be part of the puzzle. I, I think I want them to explain to me how they, what's their philosophy on budget. That's a really big one. How they do their selection process. How accurate is their contract before they start building? Those, those may not be uh, cool subjects, you know, like fun subjects, but they're really important subjects because, uh, for picking the right contractor. This has been the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand.